Welcome to the Take the Cake podcast. I am your host, Kate Noel, and I am so happy you're here. My mission is to inspire you to be the best version of yourself by truly honoring what your mind, body, and soul want and need. Here, we talk about everything and anything, wellness, recovery, lifestyle stuff, lots more. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome or welcome back to the Take the Cake podcast. I'm Kate and I am going to be doing a solo episode today and this one is going to be the second rendition. Is that the right word? Rendition? I don't know. The second rendition of my listener questions that um, I asked y'all to send me. So this is a question from one uh, listener. And if you have your own question, please email uh, take the cake pod at gmail.com. I'll leave that down below. Um, and this is an opportunity for you to ask me a more specific question that's related to your own journey, including any details that you would like to include. Let's get straight into it. So this person asked to be anonymous. Uh, so we're going to call her Ashley. And she says, how do you accept yourself where you are without constantly needing to be better, specifically by improving your body when you don't feel good enough? And then said, if you have time, college advice for navigating ED recovery and not falling into comparison. Thank you. Okay, Ashley, thank you so much for your question. This is a good question. They're all great. Um, and I'm excited to talk more about self-acceptance without the need to change your body. Um, so let's get into it. When I first read this question, first of all, I definitely could relate to you, right, in the past. Um, and, you know, even in today's, in my life today, it's, I live in 2020 in Los Angeles and I am a part of the entertainment industry and a part of social media and a part of woman, being a woman, being anyone, right? And in this world, it's, um, there's, there's pressure, right? There's pressure to change our bodies. And um, I can definitely relate to you. It's a very real thing. So just know that you're not alone. I'm sure most people listening to this also can relate. Um, so the first thing I think when I see this question is what do you really want with an, quote, improved body, right? That's the wording, the improved body. And to get that answer to that question, we need to peel back layers and layers and layers and layers, a lot of layers, and often a really helpful way to start thinking about what you really want is to ask yourself, what am I fearful of when I allow my body to be its natural size? Why am I scared of having maybe more fat on my body? Uh, any sort of variation or any of, you know, your own version of this question. Um, and so something I do with my clients is break down these fears and allow them you know, the both sides of it, right? The unhelpful, disordered side of you and then the healthy side of you to really like unleash and get those fears out and out of your head, out of your mind, out of your body so that we can just really talk about them and actually break them down. So essentially what Ashley to me is saying, maybe this is wrong, um, but maybe not, is that she constantly feels the need to be better, specifically by improving her body. So maybe the belief that she might have is something like, if I allow myself to eat freely and allow my body to be whatever size it wants to be, I won't be good enough. 
which is such a toxic and challenging way to live life, right? If you, if your beliefs about yourself are, if I just am who I am, if I let myself be what, what I want to be and and how I want to live, then I won't be good enough. It's a shame. That's deep, 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 deep shame, which is a tough place to thrive. It's, I don't think it's possible to thrive when you are living in a mindset of shame. It's possible to survive, but I don't think it's possible to really thrive and be, you know, where you want to be in life. So of course we have conflict here. Um, so that's kind of the first thing I would say that's very general, but actually like asking yourself, why am I actually scared of this? What is the deepest like fear here? And like I said, I believe that Ashley's fear could be something like, I'm not good enough. And it's almost like, regardless of your body, right? Regardless of if your body is small, big, average, will you feel good enough? Have you ever felt good enough? When is the last time that you felt good enough? That's something to really question. And so after I kind of would ask the general question, I want to get more granular and specific going through the specific like realms of your life and imagining what will actually happen if you do eat freely and allow your body to be whatever size it wants and and don't change your body all the time and not, stop manipulating your body. So what's going to happen? It's helpful to be really honest with yourself here. So many times people can have like a disordered track and a healthy track to work off of. So for example, what will happen to your primary relationships? That's one realm, primary relationships. What will happen to your primary relationships if you allow your body to be at its natural size? Will your people look at you differently? Will they leave you behind and abandon you? Will they support you and encourage you? Will they feel happy for you? Will you be a better friend or daughter or partner without the distraction of an eating disorder? Will you be distracted by recovery? So ask yourself, like, what will happen, you know, according to my ED self and according to my healthy self, what will happen to my primary primary relationships if I allow my body to just be at its natural size, what's going to happen to, to the people in my life, to my relationships? And who knows, right? Like maybe, unfortunately, maybe somebody will abandon you. If that's the case, let them abandon you. If your body is changing and somebody wants to abandon you, that's a big red flag. Most likely than not. However, I imagine that most of your primary relationships are probably more supportive people in your life. And, um, then they would be most likely happy for you. They'd most likely be encouraged and supportive and happy and relieved and whatever else they might feel. So that's like one realm, maybe another realm you can think about is like your health, like your mental and physical health. So what will happen to my mental and physical health if I allow my body to just be at its natural size? Will I become physically unhealthy? Or will my health improve? Many people are worried about getting um, very sick because, you know, weight is so associated with disease. However, I think many of times we can catastrophize and go way, 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 way too far on the spectrum and kind of bringing it back to reality. You know, if you're in eating sort of recovery, 
most likely if you can eat regularly and, um, you know, have a healthy relationship with food, your physical health will likely improve. And then, you know, what will happen to my mental health? Will I become more resilient to stress because I'm not in fight or flight, right? That's something to ask yourself. So what will happen to your physical and mental health? That's another realm that you can ask yourself about. And there's tons of other realms that I like to work with with my clients. You know, there's your career. What will happen to your career? What will happen to your spiritual life? What will happen to your sex life? What will happen, you know, name you name it. Like what will happen in these specific areas of my life? I think it's helpful to break it down in that way because I don't, you know, there's a good chance you haven't even like allowed yourself to visualize what actually might happen. And it's very healthy to allow yourself to dialogue with, you know, your eating disorder self and your healthy self to release these fears. And to be honest, the main thing that my clients and I usually get out of this exercise is that we can see that these fears are mostly irrational. And the ones that aren't irrational are often ones I ask my clients straight up, well, if that happens, can you handle it? And more likely than not, my clients can see and visualize that they can handle the discomfort or the pain or the grief that comes with it. I mean, side note, like we are so much stronger and tougher and more resilient than we think. Um, and the reality of the situation of recovery is that we can handle uncomfortable stuff. So just a side note. So after visualizing your future as your body's natural size and visualizing these different areas of your life, I would say it's time to kind of revisit your initial overarching fear of like, I'm just not good enough um, as I am. So like, let's go back to the wording on this question. This, this wording is interesting. You mentioned, you said, without wanting to improve my body. What does that mean? Does that mean making it smaller, more toned? Maybe that's what it means to you. I'm assuming that's what it means to you because that's what it means to most people. But what does it really mean for you? What does it mean for your life, an improved body? Because you have a totally different life than maybe somebody else. For some people, maybe their life will improve with a smaller body, but perhaps you aren't in that category. I would say there's a good chance you aren't. Um, And where did you learn that a better body, an improved body equals smaller or more toned or whatever the, you know, assumption that you might hold with an improved body is. So that's something I would definitely question um, with just the actual wording of this question itself. And just moving on this idea that like, I am not good enough as I am. That's that shame, right? Why, why not? You know, who told you this? Like, actually think about like, when was the first time you felt that? Like what happened in your life to validate this feeling? Because there's a really good chance that what you want is to be loved or appreciated or respected or trusted, not just to be thin or toned or have an improved body. Because I guarantee if I ask you what, let's say that you get the quote improved body, the body of your eating disorders, dreams or whatever, then, and, and you weren't happy, would you still want that? And sometimes people have such a strong myth and belief that thin equals happy, that they will say yes. But I think most of the time we can see that that's not what we actually want. Like we know what it's like to be really sad. You know, we've all experienced sadness. And so, um, I don't think we want to feel that right. And with these myths, like we often believe myths about ourselves for whatever reason, like 
thinner people are happier or thinner people get what they want. And yes, there's thin privilege in this world, but the reality is, is these are just myths or anecdotes and anecdotes don't always apply to individual people and they don't apply to you. And if the myths were true, you wouldn't have any resistance to your eating disorder. You would be happy, right? Like if you have an eating disorder and you're listening to this, most likely you're not happy with what's going on in your life. So the eating disorder didn't give you what it promised and having a different body didn't give you what you promised. And, you know, you, you would be happy and get that feeling and feel good enough if your eating disorder was working for you. And so there's lots of thoughts here really. Um, and I'm also, this is like very, you know, this is a very general, these are all like very general ideas. It really depends on like your experience. I don't know that much about your experience. Um, but I'm just, you know, thinking that there also might be fears in like you not measuring up, or like I said, like a lack of, lack of self-trust. And these are all really, really important things to ask yourself. So practically speaking, here are some ideas of things that you could try to do to accept yourself without the need to change your body. Um, one of them is to just examine how you're talking to yourself and like the wording that you're using with your own self. So when you start, if you can start to notice how much you're bashing yourself throughout your day, actually write down the things that you're saying to yourself that aren't very nice. And something I do with my clients sometimes is ask them what they are. And then I ask them to repeat them to either me or somebody that they really care about. So for example, maybe uh, something that I could have written down back in my eating disorder is um, your thighs are so squishy and disgusting. I would then have to look at somebody that I love and care about and say that to them, say, hey, so-and-so, your legs are squishy and disgusting. And when you do that, I guarantee you will feel like an asshole. <laughs> you will feel terrible. And just kind of examining that that is the way that you're talking to yourself all of the time. So that's something I recommend is just to write down like the really mean things you're saying to yourself and actually respond back to yourself. Developing a relationship with yourself again is key. Another thing is to achieve the end results now, meaning let's say you have these goals like when I get my improved body, I can do this blank. I can wear this outfit or I can have this sort of life where I can do this. And so what I want you to do is say, oh, fuck that. And <laughs> I want you to achieve the end results now. So I want you to um, wear the crop top, do the thing you want to do now with the body that you have right now and just see what happens. Another thing I'm thinking is to find happiness and pleasure outside of food and body. So I spoke about this in the last episode, but it's really important to find happiness and pleasure outside of your intake of food and outside of what your body looks like. And so what do you like to do, right? Like just really finding out your identity outside of this disorder. Another thing is to reconnect with your body. So if you feel super disconnected from your body, uh, you know, just get, getting back into it, whatever that might look like, self-massage, self-care, 
slowing down, um, using your hands, doing something artistic, uh, anything, anything at all that helps you connect with your body. There's no right or wrong way to do that. Telling a friend, having a buddy, especially for Ashley here in college, telling a friend could be really useful because I guarantee there are people in your life who are also struggling with body image and everyone likes to be seen and heard. And I just know that being vulnerable in my own experience has resulted in nothing but improved relationships and improved, um, you know, just, I just feel like a sense of trust, like people trust you when you're vulnerable and are able to open up and your friends might, um, be on board with you and they can help you and keep you accountable and vice versa. Um, and then lastly, I have here to examine the areas of your life where you can self-validate and strengthen your ability to hear intuitive messages. So most of the time when we are, you know, not liking our body and we want to change it or we do change it through manipulation of food and exercise and whatever, there's probably most likely other areas of your life where you're not feeling very validated and you're just channeling that energy into the same old story, which is like changing your body. So like you probably have other areas of your life where you don't feel good enough, like grades, environment, life purpose, time management. These are all the things I'm thinking of in my own personal life where I had a problem with them and I just channeled that energy into like wanting to change my body because that's what I just knew how to do. And that, that was like my only coping mechanism that I knew of. Um, and it never worked, but, but, um, so just like, how can you hone in on these areas and actually try and like manage them healthily and cope in a healthy way? So that is my ideas on accepting yourself without changing your body. I, I know that can, might feel a little bit abstract and it probably is, but it's tough because I don't know exactly like what this person is dealing with. Um, so I hope this was helpful and I hope that you found it um, encouraging at least. Um, and I want to take this time now to answer the next question, which was um, college advice for navigating eating disorder recovery and not falling into comparison. Okay. Oh my gosh. When I think back to college, when I was in college, I was a disembodied honestly I felt like a mess like I don't know I mean I was doing my best but I did not feel good I did not feel like myself I remember how tough it was um so when it comes to like comparing yourself to other people this to me is because of restriction like truly like it's a physiologic response a stress response like when we are in an energy deficit and we're chronically restricting we can go into fight or flight but there's also freeze and there's also feed and in eating disorder recovery you you probably haven't done enough of the feed right you've done the other ones <laughs> fight or flight and freeze you've probably done those but you haven't done feed and or maybe you have done it in like a binging way um, which is which is also response a natural response in the body when you restrict so that is something that happens. Like we, we go into tunnel vision and that will cause us to compare to other people. That's a physiologic stress response. That's primal. It is primal to look around at, at the people around you and say, what are other people doing? Because I need to survive. Like, I, this is like kind of like freaky, but like imagine like a group of people 
like a massive group of people who are running away from something scary, you look around and you see where are all the other people going? I'm going to go where they go because you want to be safe. So there's this like micro version of that happening when we're in recovery. So this is sounds bizarre, but I've experienced it firsthand that feeding yourself enough and getting out of fight or flight is incredible and just allowing yourself to stop the comparison. And I just don't care anymore about what other people are doing. It doesn't matter. And there was once in my life where if you would have told me what other people do isn't going to matter in your future, I would have laughed at your face because I really was like, no, that's not what's happening. That's not going to happen to me. So feeding yourself enough and like you're, you're in tunnel vision. So using it to your advantage instead of like sabotaging yourself, use it to your advantage by really like feeding yourself and like staying strong and like tunnel, tunnel vision yourself to the, to your food hall, you know, tunnel vision yourself to get the energy that you need. And also when it comes to comparison, like it's important to keeping it fair and honest, like you're in recovery and maybe your friends aren't, you're in a different human body. There are different people too. Who are you comparing yourself to? Are you only comparing yourself to people that your eating disorder wants you to look like? Or are you also comparing yourself to everyone? If you're going to compare, compare yourself to everyone. That's just the reality of it is, is that often when we compare, we're only comparing ourselves to people that we're not like and that we want to be like. So it's, it's always a lose-lose situation. So yeah, like food is neutral. It doesn't have any good or bad moral value to it. And the last thing I'll say for college advice is just like bringing snacks with you, having healthy boundaries, finding your passions, maybe joining some clubs. Like if I was in college again, like university right now, um, I would definitely prioritize boundaries because I was such a yes person. I always felt like I would miss out if I said no. So I would definitely prioritize boundaries. I would prioritize like fundamental things like food, water, sleep. (laughs) Um, And I would just be more open with my friends and I would be more open with my people and trust that I didn't need everyone to like me. I just needed a soft, like I just felt like I had so many friends in college I had great friends in college. I had a good core core group of people before I left, but I really cared about like what everyone thought about me and it doesn't, it didn't really serve me. So I feel like just honing in on like your people and being honest with them and yourself about where you're at in, in your life. That would be my advice. Um, a lot of my clients are in college. Well, not a lot. I have clients who are in college and it's really, really, really cool to, see them, um, you know, prioritizing their recovery and themselves in a way where I'm just so proud. I just feel so happy because it's such a pivotal time of your life. And like, honestly, like looking back, I really, really, you know, would have had so much of a better experience if I would have been recovered. Like it wasn't my story. So that's, that's okay. It, It happened how it happened for a reason. But if you can, this is your sign to recover. You know, it's it's not too late. It's not too early. It's it's a good time and you can do it in college for sure. And it will make your college experience so much more mem- memorable and you'll feel a deep sense of pride, I imagine, once, you know, you're doing so many new things. And so if you can do it while doing all these new things and feeling embodied, ugh, I can't imagine a better time to 
to do it. I mean, I can, like any time is a good time to do it. You don't have to be in college. It doesn't matter how old you are, but, um, you know, it's a, it's a good time. So that's what I would say. Um, thank you to anonymous Ashley here for, uh, asking this question. It, it was a great question and I really hope it helps. Like I said, if you have your own question, you can email takethecakepod at gmail.com and I would love to answer your question. I have quite a few questions, so if I don't get to it within the next few weeks, it's not like I won't get to it. It's just, you know, taking me, I only do one episode a week. So, uh, that's, that's open, always open for you. If you ever have any other questions and, uh, please feel free to check out the links in the show notes to get access and contact me through Instagram or my website or the take the cake pod Instagram as well. Thank you so, so much for being here and I will see y'all on the next episode of take the cake.